All right, if you could turn to Ephesians 4. <clears throat> Boy, it's been a long time since we've been together. Shut, sure, seems like a year ago. Last time we met Janet gave us an excellent teaching from jo uh, 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 Ephesians 4, verses 13, uh, 7 through 13. Uh, remember, she taught us on the gifts of the Father, on the gifts of Jesus, the Son, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, mentioning those in looking at chapter 4. Uh, and before we even look into our study today, I, I also want to pray. I want to just really commit our study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workmen and workwomen that need not be ashamed that 2021, listen to me, 2021 would be our greatest year ever in the purposes of God. Lord, I pray big. But Lord, as big as I pray, you're bigger. You are. You're always bigger. But Lord, I pray that your word would take on deeper and fresher and greater meaning to us. Uh, truly, darkness is covering the earth and great darkness the peoples. Lord, uh, as we studied Hebrews, we looked at everything that can be shaken, will be shaken. Oh, God, there's so much shaking going on. But Lord, you want us to be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of God. And Lord, I just pray that as we continue in this sojourn in the book of Ephesians, that you would equip our hearts for every good work that you have planned for us. So Lord, I blow the shofar in Zion, Waco, Texas, as a tribute to you and an honor to you that you will accomplish everything that's in your heart concerning each of us all throughout this year. Come speak now, Lord. Your bondservants are listening. Amen. All right, in Ephesians 4, look down to verses 11 and 12. 11 and 12, we see that the people gifts that Jesus give are not to do all the work of the ministry. Because if they did, they'd burn out. And this is why we have many people in ministry today are burning out. Actually, confession, I burnt out 2004. 2003, two, no, actually, it was 2002. Man, I was burnt out for a long time. No, I was 2002, I fried living in Haifa, Israel. Janet had that happen when we moved to Jerusalem several years later. Burnout is easy to happen when there's too much heaped on your shoulders. God has never designed that the fivefold gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher should do all the work. And not only that, the more work that, that those that are in those people gifts that Jesus gives, God's people are going to be frustrated because they're not going to be able to use their God-given gifts if they're not released into what God's called them to. So the giving of the people gifts in chapter four 
are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's you. That's all of us. Now, how long are we going to need these gifts? Well, look at verse 13. Until we reach unity of the faith, until we know Jesus well and intimately, until we reach completeness and perfection, and until we reach the measure of the fullness of Messiah. You know what that means? We have a long way to go. We have a long way. Now let's look at verses 14 and 15. This is where I'm starting this morning. I'm only going to look at three verses, 14 through 16. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carrying about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunningness, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But, verse 15, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. So Paul writes here about the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. This has been powerfully on display throughout 2020 by medical experts, governments, not just ours, governments of the world, politicians, media, big tech, etc. The trickery of men and women and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And sadly enough, it's growing. But in Matthew 24, the very first warning that Jesus gave his disciples in light of his glorious second coming and the end of the age, the first thing Jesus told his peoples, his disciples to watch out for was deception. There's going to be trickery of men, the cunningness and craftiness of deceitful plotting that's looking to ensnare God's people. Deception is on the increase today. But how gracious and merciful of the Lord to warn us to not be caught off guard by deceivers. And in verse 15, look what he tells us what to do. So speak the truth in love. Now, if we do this, we're going to grow up in all things. This is the promise. We're going to grow up in all things in Jesus. And friends, beloved, I, I tell you that our Christian maturity hinges on our relationship with truth. With truth. Truth is more than what we believe. It's who we believe. Jesus is the truth. The truth is a person. We must love the truth, 2 Thessalonians 2.10. We must obey the truth, 1 Peter 1.22. We must tell the truth, Ephesians 4.15. And we must live the truth, Galatians 2.14. Now, some of us... We're fairly good at speaking the truth, but you know what? We forget to be loving. And some of us are good at being loving, but often we don't have the courage to speak honestly. So the instruction here is to do both. Speak the truth in a loving manner. And speaking the truth in love is not always easy, nor is it convenient or is it pleasant? But it is necessary. 
if the church is ever going to come to a place of maturity and completeness in its mission in this world. Think of the trouble that we'd spare ourselves from if we all obeyed this practice to speak the truth in love and love the truth. You know, uh, at the last few days of December, I, Jen and I took advantage of our 10 days of vacation time that we get it here at Highland, and we, we had three days left, and we took it right at the last three days of this year. And it was so wonderful to get away. It was quiet, and the place we went to, there were no tourists there at the end of December. <clears throat> Very few people even there that, that were living there. But while we were in that environment to relax and seek the Lord and enjoy the quiet, I asked the Lord every year at the end of the year and at the turn. I do this both at Rosh Hashanah and at the, uh, in January. So in September, I have two times of deeply looking to have my heart searched. And I asked the Lord to search my heart and see if there be any iniquity in me. And not only that, give me the sensitivity if anyone has something against me. So as I was doing that, the Lord brought a person to mind. Isn't God faithful? You know, I think if you really start searching the Lord and ask him, Lord, is there anybody that may have something against me? I think he'll be pretty faithful because you know what? We're not that honest with each other. And a person put, the Lord put that person in my mind and I knew what I needed to do. Was it easy? Uh-uh. But I, and here's the approach I used, and I'll tell you, it, it, God was so faithful. I started out by saying, listen, can you and I have a conversation together? Well, immediately there's almost a, a sure we can. And I just assured him how much I valued the friendship. I really value our friendship. But, you know, I've sensed that there's been a little coolness that's come in the friendship and I just wanted to ask you I have a big mouth and sometimes I say something or do something that's it did I do or say anything over a period of time that you can remember that that you can remind me of so I can ask forgiveness immediately no 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 we're good everything's fine we're good yeah people get defensive even when you're wanting to draw them out well I said listen I value our friendship so much. Will you love me enough to tell me if I did or said something wrong? Please love me. And he said, well, there was a little something. Yeah, you see what I mean? And I gave him the full liberty to speak into my life. I had the opportunity to ask his forgiveness. Oh, man, would you forgive me? And you know what? Our relationship today is better than it was before I did that. If you come to place your gift at the altar, Jesus said, and there remember that your brother has something against you, not you against him. If there's a sensitivity of our conscience that we have offended somebody in some way, somehow that the relationship is cooled, we should be at a sensitive place in the Holy Spirit that we can sense something's not quite right. And we need to pursue 
peace with all men, the scripture says, and especially those of the household of God. So glad that God brought me to that place. I have a, I have a better friendship with a brother that I've loved, but I just said something, did something, and we all do that. So I want to encourage you. Love the truth. Speak the truth. Tell the truth. Invite truth into your life. Jesus is the truth, and the Holy Spirit who guides the church is the spirit of truth. But by contrast, Satan is the father of lies. John 8, 44. So as disciples of Jesus, we must be committed to the truth. The truth, the truth, the truth protects us from deception. You should all say amen to that. Amen. All of you should say amen to that. Amen. Paul says to the Thessalonians, people, the world is going to get deceived because they did not receive a love of the truth. So if we don't love truth, we're doomed to deception as well. We need to love the truth. So that means that our words should be honest and our actions should reflect Christ's integrity. In verse 16, from whom the whole body being joined and built together by what every joint supplies and what is a joint? Well, a joint is where two bones come together, where they unite. Now, in my arm, there are basically three joints. There's, the, uh, there's a whole lot of joints between the knuckles, but there are three basic ones. The wrist, the elbow, and the shoulder. And the strength of my arm is not dependent upon the bones. It's dependent upon the joints. That's where the bones come together. That's our relationship one with another. Because the strength is not in the bones, it's in the joints. Where every joint supplies. It's in our relationship where there's strength. The arm will only be strong as the function of its joints. Listen, if, if my joint and my shoulder was not in order, I'd have to be like this. Hi, how are you? Or if, if the elbow was gone, I wouldn't be able to. Or if the wrist. God wants every joint to be productive and to be prospering. That's why the joint relationship with my brother, God was sensitive enough to be able to speak his name to my heart and to look to draw him out. And, you know, I've done this many times in my life. And almost always... There's denial on their part until you draw them out further. You see, love is really powerful. I value your relationship. Will you love me enough to tell this fleshly person, I, I, I blow it, I miss it. Would you love me enough to speak into my life and love me to greater wholeness? That activates healing. So in the body of Christ, our joints speak of our relationships, our interrelatedness to one another. And no matter how strong we are separately as bones in the body of Christ, it's in our relationships with God and with each other that produce great strength. So we need to unite as one against all the powers of darkness that are looking to pull 
the joints apart. We can't afford for our joints to be damaged. And verse 16 continues, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share. It causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This is why every one of us has to do our share. And that includes each one of us. You know, in the Western world, the Western world promotes attitudes like individualism or independence or self-sufficiency. But you know what? Those words are not in the culture of God's kingdom. In the kingdom culture, words that should describe us in the faith should be support, harmony, commitment, trust, affection, interdependence, unity and cooperation. We need to love. We need to honor. We need to cherish each other. Because all of that builds the joints, the relationships, so that the arms and the body as a whole functions in the plan of God for how he wants us to be in this world. Precious primetime saints. Hear this this morning. If we all, if we all committed ourselves to the truth and committed to more fully pursuing our relationship with God and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It will result in the body of Christ maturing and growing. And listen, this is a phrase that never stood out to me before to this degree as it did this week. Into all Things in Christ. Now, I don't know what all that is, but all is a lot. All things in Christ, if we get it together, if we get it right, if our joints become strong, and we'll fulfill, that the, we'll fulfill the plans that are in God's heart for 2021 in our lives and in his church. Let's pray. Lord, we've not had an altar call here at Highland for probably about nine months. We've done away with the altars uh, in our <clears throat> sanctuary, in, our, in the Life Center, all because of a virus. Lord, we've tried to be able to have times of ministering to the saints, but Lord, I feel that in this year, in January 2021, this is time for us to come to the altar. And Lord, this is a time for us to make a 2021, a new year, spiritual resolution. I pray that we would be resolute in love. We would be resolute in truth. We would be resolute in commitment in trust, in love, in cherishing one another, in harmony, in support, in unity. And Lord, I just pray that 
as I'm with my brothers and sisters, if there's a desire in your heart that you want to make a commitment to God to be resolute, to be resolute to these things we've looked at today as to how we can grow up into all things in Christ by simply, with God's grace, obeying this word. I just ask you to stand as, a, as an act of, of commitment to God that, Lord, I want this this year more than anything. I want to demonstrate faithfulness in my life. I, I want you to be pleased in the offering of my life as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. Lord, it's my spiritual service of worship. And it's not that I'm confessing sin, it's that I'm committed to righteousness today. I'm committed to love today. I'm committed to my God today in a fresh way. It's a, it's a re-resolution. It's a recommitment. So Lord, Look upon us. I, I purposely have not wanted to look around, but Lord, I thank you. Thank you that I've been able to stand and, and stand first because you told me this, even this morning, son, I, I really want you to be committed to this. So Lord, we're, we're committed to maturing this year. We're committed to growing. Growing old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. And Lord, we choose that option today. We choose the option to grow up in all things in Christ. So, Lord, we want to thank you. Thank you. We don't want to make a New Year's resolution. We're making a commitment, a resolution to God for the whole year of 2021 that our hearts are, are re-surrendered and you're taking this gift of our lives. So lead us in the narrow path, in the straight way that leads to the Father's embrace. Wide is the way that leads to perdition. And many are those that go that way. Lord, we pray a narrow way for us. A pathway of reconciliation and restoration. A path of honesty and loving the truth. Because if we really follow that path, we're following the essence of truth itself, which is our King Jesus. You are forever the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you that we can commit our lives anew and afresh to you this day. Take this offering and do with it what you would all throughout the rest of this year. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to have a great year, gang. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about what God has in store. I don't care what man has in store, but God has a lot of good stuff in store.